Welcome to the Daily Offbeat Oregon History Podcast. As always, I am your host, Finn J.D. John. And today is Monday. That means instead of reading you an episode of the Offbeat Oregon History newspaper column, I'm going to be sharing a specially selected piece of our state's storytelling history. What I'm reading today is the transcript of one of the interviews done by the writers of the Federal Writers Project, the WPA. Works Progress Administration in its Oregon Folklore Studies series conducted during this Great Depression almost a hundred years ago. These are basically oral histories. Some of them over the years have been the sources for full offbeat Oregon stories. This particular one is interesting because it was conducted by Ardeth Gibbs sometime in 1937. Now, Mrs. Gibbs is much better known today as a best-selling novelist under her maiden name, Ardeth Kennelly. Ms. Kennelly is best known for her first novel, probably, The Peaceable Kingdom, which was published in 1949. This interview was done in 1937, so 12 years before that first novel breakout, and at that time she was working as an editor for a magazine published by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. As far as I know, this is the only oral history collected by Ms. Kennelly for the WPA, or Ms. Gibbs, I guess I should say, but it is a good one, so let's get to it. The subject of this interview is Concerning Ellendale, a Ghost Town. The name and address of the informant was Newton McDaniel of Southwest 14th Avenue in Portland, and the interview was taken place at his home. An interesting note appears in the file, which was obviously typed up by someone other than Ardeth Kennelly. It says, Description of room, houses, surroundings, and things are unobtainable since the worker who made this interview is no longer on the project and the informant is no longer living. So I guess she got it just in time, and then she headed out. Like I said, as far as I know, this is the only one that Ardeth Kennelly authored. With that, I'll cue up Mr. McDaniel's words. Ellendale was founded in 1845 by James O'Neill in Polk County, four miles west above Dallas. He went into the flour mill business and chose, because of the water, the spot on which a little town flourished for a few years and then died, and now is as if it had never been. He ran the mill about four years and then sold it to Colonel Nesmith and Harry Owens. They, in turn, sold it to the Hudson's Bay Company in 1854. A post office had been established there in 1850 and was named O'Neill's Mills. There was never at any time more than a handful of residents, but that handful accommodated a great many travelers with meals and lodgings for the night. Parties of miners in 48 and 49 used to come there to buy flour for their pack trains. Ellendale was named for Ellen Lyon. She married Judge R.P. Boise, circuit judge in Polk County, and two of their sons are Whitney and Reuben Boise. Most of the people thereabouts, the Hallocks, the Lyles, and Lyons, were farmers. Ellendale probably perished because it was destined to perish and because folks started to take another road and because the water failed. They had some colorful murders, though, if not right in Ellendale, at least in Polk County. 
A bartender killed a hot-headed fool of a man in a fair fight, and also later, also in a fair fight, he killed the man's son who had burst in guns popping to get revenge. When the citizens, avid at the sight of all the spilled blood and hoping against hope for the ineffable thrill of another such sensation, went to the only son left, a younger brother of the dead lad, and asked him if he was going to kill the bartender and get even, he said, Hell no, I'm not a very good shot anyway, and I'd be killed sure as blazes, and besides, I don't want to get even, and Bub oughtn't to have butted into other people's business. Pop had what was coming to him which indeed he had had, being one of the most disagreeable men in the country. He grew up to be an honored and respected citizen and was lauded as a level-headed gentleman to the end of his long life. The bartender was killed ten months after in a brawl over cards in Prineville. Once the infuriated mob hanged a part Indian because in a drunken frenzy he had hacked his meek blonde wife and her unborn child to pieces. His father, J.P. Kelty, a rich man, would not put up a cent for his defense, which made little difference as an angry group took justice into their own hands, and the second day of the trial strung him up higher than a kite before nightfall. When the editors of a Polk County paper protested against such an action, every single subscriber stopped taking the paper and they had to sell out. Two items of no particular importance. Lid was the name given to a man's hat by the Indians, and not the buckaroos, as some suppose. And, do you know where the names Big Nest Tucker and Little Nest Tucker came from? This is the story that was told in Portland. General Grant, Sherman, and Colonel Nesmith went over into that country. They thought some of taking Indian wives, temporarily, of course, and, and would have, just there was only one Indian woman available. The rest were gone into the mountains for herbs or had passionately jealous husbands. They all tried to win her, but the successful one was Colonel Nesmith. Ness Tucker. Ness Tucker. Huh, <laughs> get it, son? Okay. Okay, I'll give that up. At any rate, that's the story that went the rounds in Oregon, much to the merriment of the pioneers who had a better sense of humor than you seem to have, Sonny. Now, leave me alone. I I've got to get back to my nap. Well, that concludes the WPA transcript. I did actually modify that last bit just a little bit. The joke that the gentleman told um, didn't age well. But if you'd like to see the original transcript, racial slurs and all, you can look that rascal right up on the Library of Congress website. The URL is loc.gov slash item slash WPALH. 001936